You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I apologize for yesterday. I got um, a good amount done, but uh, couldn't quite get it all done. So um, I'm actually going to change some things around. We'll save what I worked on yesterday for another time, blah, blah, blah. But we actually have a good amount of training camp stuff to get through, and that's what we're going to do today. Anyways, I don't usually do this. I just kind of go through the comments themselves. But the comments from Matt LaFleur in the press conference were, um, well, let's just say it's worthy of uh, replaying some of these. Got a lot to get through, so I don't want to do too much. But here are his comments on Malik Heath and that block where he blocked a guy straight out of the stadium. Yeah, that was that was exciting for us as coaches. Um, just the play style that we're looking for. Um, the way, and he did it all game. I thought he was very aggressive. Matter of fact, I thought the play style as a team was really good. Um, in particular, at the wide receiver position, you know, blocking is not always the sexy thing to do. And I, you guys love to give me crap about coming up here when I talk about guys blocking, but that's an important part of our offense. So, and a lot of those guys had some key blocks on some of those touchdown runs. Um, you know, Bo Melton on Wilson's first touchdown and then on Goodson's touchdown Wicks had a great block there at the goal line as well so I thought all in all the receivers did a really nice job blocking and that's kind of a common theme is just and something I haven't really heard in a while is Matt LaFleur just gushing about how great of a game it was which I guess makes sense when you put up the kind of production that you put up offense defense and special teams well minus the kicker I guess probably makes you pretty happy as a coach there's a question about the other injuries from the game and if any of them would be sort of long-term aside from the obvious ACL from um, Tyler Davis. So, uh, Tanua is probably going to be the longest, I would say. So uh, I'm not quite sure where, where everybody else is at, but it doesn't seem quite as serious as Tanua's. Yeah, and Tenuta we saw is the one that got carted off, and he was pretty upset about it. So, I mean, he's still on the team, um, and and maybe they could just give him an IR designation or something. But either way, however they decide to play it, I don't know all the situations or, or what would go into trying to decide what the best way to handle that would be. But either way, we can rest assured he's not going to make the at least initial 53 we can be 99% sure he's not going to be on the 53 this year. And we could take that as a positive for guys like Goodson and, and everybody else that was also injured in the game. But, I mean, Tenuta could be for the season. So it doesn't mean just because he's the only one that's... We, we know he's going to be the longest that everybody else will be back by, you know, by tomorrow. Could be that Tenuta's out for the season. And Goodson could be, you know, a month or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm just saying we, we, we don't know. He did mention in passing that um, they asked about Rashawn, when is he going to be ready to, to put the pads on in practice? And Matt LaFleur said he doesn't think it'll be this week, but we'll see, which I'm honestly taking as a positive. I don't know exactly where everybody stands in terms of their expectations, but considering I was iffy on week one, um, even a probably not but maybe to, to me is a heck of a positive thing. Very important question about Emmanuel Wilson. In fact, one of the, the biggest things that I did get done um, as far as getting the podcast done, because I didn't realize they were practicing on uh, Sunday and then had to start all over. But um, I spent a, a half of a podcast talking about Emmanuel Wilson, learning about Emmanuel Wilson, and, and trying to think through that whole thing. But the biggest thing is, and I had mentioned this exact point, you know, that they mentioned pretty much everything matters except running for that number three spot. Pass blocking, receiving, and especially special teams. And so the question is, where is he in those areas? And that was exactly the question asked to Matt LaFleur. Yeah, those are areas that we're going to have to see, you know, improvement. And um, not that he's done a bad job. It's just you want to see the consistency of that. Obviously, 
whoever the third back is has to have a role on teams. I mean, I, I don't, I haven't been on too many teams where they're not a key contributor in that facet of the game, and that's usually uh, one of the. That's a big learning curve for a lot of young players, especially when you're a star player at your your school. You're not getting a lot of those reps, so um, we got to put them. You know, in those situations in practice, and hopefully he can continue to improve and grow, and you know, be a force there. So that's that's sort of the biggest, the biggest knock on Emmanuel Wilson. You know, on one hand, you look at it, and it's like, man, everything just kind of makes sense as far as why not make him the guy. You know, everybody else here is an undrafted free agent, with the exception of Lou Nichols, who is a seventh round pick, which again, really not a big jump from late seventh round to undrafted free agent. And the guy's been injured the whole time. However, who do they trust more in pass pro? Who do they trust more on special teams? It's going to be the guys that were here, and it's probably Patrick Taylor. But as I've been saying, um, in regard to pretty much, sorry about that, pretty much everything else, that time the volume went down because I made it go down, they need to be giving him some, some opportunities. You know, they need to put Emmanuel Wilson with the ones once in a while, you know. Or I'll tell you what, give him some opportunities as a returner. I mean, if running is his thing, I mean, I know he's not going to be Keyshawn Nixon, but he could be the second best returner on, on our team. And I don't know that punt return is is completely figured out yet. I know Keyshawn is sort of the default, although he's not, you know, by nature a punt returner as much as he is a kick returner. I know we kind of put uh, Jaden Reed in that spot, but I don't think he's necessarily proved to be massively elite in that area. Just give him a chance. See what he can do. Give him a legitimate chance to win the job, I guess is all I'm saying. We've seen Tyler Davis, sorry, Patrick Taylor, as the number three running back through the entirety of camp. You know what else is frustrating? Guess how many special team snaps Emmanuel Wilson had? Zero. Zero. So all that running, and he had zero special team snaps. Patrick Taylor was tied for the eighth most special team snaps. Graded out poorly, by the way. What about pass blocking opportunities? How many pass blocking opportunities did Emmanuel Wilson get? You know the answer? Zero. Zero. And they gave him five opportunities as a receiver. He ran five routes with zero targets and zero receptions. So as of right now, there's no way he's the number three. But I think they need to give him as many freaking opportunities as is possible. Because, yeah, he needs to grow there. Well, how's he going to grow... In a preseason game, you don't give him any chances? Like, you haven't even considered putting him on special teams? Then what's the point? Just cut him. It's ridiculous. Um, he talked a little bit about the secondary. Again, I'm not going to play every single thing, but said they did a good job, but at the same time, they didn't have their quarterback or their, any of their starting wide receivers out there. And also, it's just one game, so we got to see that continue. But I will play this little bit about Brenton Cox. Like what you saw from Brenton Cox watching the tape back from Friday. Yeah, he did a nice job. I thought there was there was a few moments where he got pressure on the quarterback. Obviously, got his hand on Dalen Levitt's interception, which is a big time play. So hopefully, he can continue and, and build upon that. And like I said, we got a, a lot of opportunities this week with four practices, four re- legitimate practices, and then then the game. So good day for Brenton Cox, and it's good to hear that the coach was also impressed by it. It's still a heck of an uphill battle for him i know the old adage you can never have too many pass rushers but considering that's not literally true we'll see i mean it's it's supposedly the best 53 but there are even limits to that like most of these sayings they're they're mostly way too overly broad swings at general ideas and it's not even so much that you know there are hard maximums because i don't think there are any hard maximums but there are hard minimums and since it's a zero-sum game if you add an edge rusher, you have to take from somewhere else, and you start toying with somebody else's minimums. So we'll see. I mean, if Brenton Cox can do it, I'm I'm all for it. Again, I mean, if if he's a decent enough pass rusher, we got six guys that can rotate and actually get the job done. That's a heck of a thing. Some obviously better than others, but still, that's that's awesome. Um, I actually appreciated that Matt LaFleur had echoed my sentiments. I figured this would be an area where I would get kind of attacked on it, but one of those interceptions, I thought Tucker Craft really kind of, I don't want to say he caused it, but he could have avoided the interception. You're a big, strong tight end, man. Go attack the ball. 
use those long arms and that big frame and and make sure that you understand it's my ball instead of just kind of letting the ball hit you in the chest and shrinking into yourself. And uh, Matt LaFleur had mentioned that on on one of the interceptions, Tucker needed to do a better job of driving back to the ball and, and, you know, preventing an interception. So, I mean, it's it's a learning thing. You don't really think about it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. I'll just catch it how I catch it. You don't really think if I don't catch it exactly how the coaches say and just, you know, grab it and try to turn and run that I could cause or partially cause an interception, I guess. It's the NFL. Every tiny little minute coaching point is a big deal. But all right, let's get into practice real quick, go through all the notes. Again, these are all provided by the beat writers up in Green Bay. Just going to go in chronological order. I've tried it the other way, going person by person. It just doesn't flow as well, especially since there's a lot of duplicate things and everything else. So that's how I do it. All right, starting offensive line via Andy Herman is Rashid Walker, and then it's Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, and Tom. Kind of interesting because, well, you know, Yash Nyman and all. Also really shows sort of the separation, I guess, in terms of where guys are at, right? We've got to shuffle things in and give guys legitimate shots, like I said, but it isn't Caleb Jones. They're giving Rashid a legit shot with the ones here. And with the safeties, we've still got Owens running with Savage. So I think at this point, it's time to make the official switch. If you haven't done that, um, I don't remember when I did it, but it is time. The, the, the question, honestly, at this point isn't even who's the number two, because that has been seemingly firmly given to Owens. I mean, it can change, but the question I have is, where's Rudy Ford on the list? Do we know he's ahead of Tervarius Moore or Dallin Levitt, for that matter? I like Rudy Ford. I just, I don't know how far this slide, you know, continues. Players not practicing today. David Bakhtiari, Caleb Jones. So there you go. Luke Tenuta, Tariq Carpenter, uh, Lou Nichols, Eric Stokes, Innis Gaines, and obviously Tyler Davis. Jake Hansen is back at practice. Uh, Herman added a little later, I assumed Yash was out, but he is practicing. Seems like an upgrade for Walker. He was my third highest graded offensive player on Friday. So if you didn't know, um, Andy Herman also does his own grading system. I have done that in the past. I will do it at certain times just in terms of it. It is a fun exercise. I'll say that it it seems kind of silly. Like, why would you spend all that time? And it does take a lot of time. It's actually funny. I think Herman and I started doing the grading thing almost at the exact same time, and I bailed on it. I do think I started first, but it was just way too much work. And we both started the daily thing within like a month of each other. I did start first. But in both cases, he has outlasted me because I gave up on... I mean, my my streak of daily ended and his hasn't. But I started first in both cases. (laughs) And that's not what matters. But it, it is a good exercise, and I would encourage you to try it if, if you can, just because it gives you kind of some, it's, it's nice to be able to see it for yourself, right? I always say, I, I, you know, people say, watch the tape, but I don't trust my ability to watch the tape more than I trust PFF, so why would I spend the time doing it? And for the most part, that's true. It's a lot of work. It's kind of like balancing a checkbook. I don't know if your parents were riding you as much as they rode me about learning to balance a checkbook, but it's like, this is the dumbest freaking thing ever. Because all I'm doing is unnecessary math that I'm going to cross-check with the bank. I'm, I'm going to realize that the bank says something different, and I'm going to realize that was my fault, not the bank's fault. The bank isn't messing this up, dude. I made a math error, so then I got to go back and do all this math, and it's like, the bank did the math for me. I don't need to do this. The only time that makes sense is if you like run a business and you got like money out and, and money that's coming in but hasn't been paid yet, and you got to keep track of all this stuff. I don't have that. When I get paid, I get paid instantly. When I pay for something, I pay instantly. That's it. But anyways, if Chase Bank is screwing me out of 40 bucks because of bad math somewhere, which is all done by a computer, then I guess I'm just getting screwed out of 40 bucks. Probably a $40 in subscriptions that I don't even realize I'm paying for right now. So, you know, it is what it is. But no, it's it's nice to be able to, to see it and kind of understand it and kind of develop your own, kind of like with A.J. Dillon, right? I know what his grades are, but it's nice to be able to see for myself, like, here are the things that I like that he does, here are the things that I don't like. Specifically, not just generally, here's a number. What are the things the linebackers do well? What are the things the linebackers don't do well? Just thought I'd bring that up because I thought of that yesterday. If you ever thought about it, it doesn't have to be anything official, but it is nice. And, and I say grading as opposed to just going back and watching again, which would work just fine. But it's, it's the, the part about grading that is nice is that you forget really quickly, especially if you're watching multiple people. And by the time you get done, you might think that somebody did better than they did. And then you go back and look at the numbers and it's like, oh, well, I guess I thought that would have been better than that. But that's well, it is, I guess. But um, 
as far as PFF is concerned, I guess you could kind of say that they agree. He was the 14th highest graded blocker, but most of these are wide receivers and stuff. Emmanuel Wilson was the highest overall graded, but that's just overall offense. But if you look at it, it was Elton Jenkins, then Zach Tom, then Luke Tenuta, who, you know, played a handful of snaps and is now out. Um, then you had to scroll, scroll, scroll. Then it was Yash Nyman, right? So he was graded higher, but he's already sort of the presumed guy. So who's after that? All right, keep going. Gene DeLance. Oh, nope, that's probably not going to be a real thing. Then Rashid Walker. Then if you scroll down to 27th, you have Caleb Jones. So I get it, right? He had a good day. Had a 79 pass blocking grade. Most people did. By the way, the freaking Bears do. That offensive line. I know it's preseason. I'm just saying, I've never seen grades like that in my life. <laughs> good Lord. So yeah, PFF semi-agreed, I guess. As far as pass blocking, it was Zach Tom, then Yash Nyman, then Elton Jenkins, then Caleb Jones, then Josh Myers, then Rasheed Walker. Yes, Caleb was higher, and yes, Josh Myers was higher. I'm very sorry to inform the people that hate Josh Myers. Uh, Tyler Goodson has his arm in a sling at practice. So, again, I was concerned that Tyler Goodson was going to be off the team just based on how I think that these things go, right? It, it's If you're an older guy, they're gunning to get rid of you and replace you with younger guys. Patrick Taylor may have been able to save his spot simply because he's probably going to win the number three job. But Tyler Goodson, if he's not going to be the number three, they're not going to stash you if you got Lou Nichols and Emmanuel Wilson, who they really want to stash and see if they can develop. So even without the injury, I was concerned he'd be the odd man out. And essentially for Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson, either you win that number three job or I think you're going to be let go. It could be wrong. There's, there's, I mean, nothing set in stone. That's just sort of how I generally think these things go. And now he's at practice with a sling. And despite the fact that he's been probably our best running back in all of camp, they still won't give him that job, probably because of his size. I just, I kind of think it's game over for Tyler Goodson. I, I genuinely do. We'll see. I don't know, but I think it might be. In fact, at some point, we're going to start hearing a bunch of roster moves. Um, Tyler Goodson may be one of them. We're going to be, you know, some of these injured guys are probably going to end up getting moved to IR and released and all that kind of stuff. There's, there's you know, watch out for Tariq and things of that nature. Tariq is out because of a back injury. Uh, Rashawn Gary says is not out with the team in walkthroughs. Jair is out there. Uh, Josiah DeGuara is out on the field. Uh, they have Andre Miller, who we picked up recently. Uh, he is a wide receiver slash tight end. They did move him to tight end. It's interesting because I was I was just thinking about this, that they probably, with Tyler Davis getting injured, need to start calling around for tight ends. I don't know if Andre Miller is all they're going to do, but in the meantime, I think they just need the bodies. So they're going to move him over there, especially since I mean, he's so buried at wide receiver. What's the point? But I do wonder, with Tyler Davis being done for the year and uh, Tucker Craft not necessarily becoming the guy that they were hoping for, if they may start making actual inquiries at the tight end position. As weird as that sounds, it's like they invested so much at tight end. But remember, they lost a lot at tight end as well in terms of you know understanding how to play the game. And if Tucker Craft is not getting it, and Luke Musgrave is at this point basically just a, a big target, this offense isn't going to be able to operate if guys can't really get the job done from a blocking standpoint. Yes, that's nowhere near as important as the receiving aspect, but it's still a, a big part of this offense being able to go. So be something to keep an eye on. In the meantime, again, Andre Miller making that switch to fill in. And it says, officially, Jair is not practicing. He's out here on the side working with Stokes as the rest of corners do individual drills. Opening offense started Jordan Love, Watson, and Ture. So, again, another guy getting a legit shot because it's been Watson and Dobbs with Jaden Reed being the primary slot. And now Samori Ture has been given the number two boundary job here. Aaron Jones in the backfield, Musgrave and DeGuara. And then, again, Walker, Elton, Myers, Runyon, Tom at offensive line. Dobbs went in the next play, so no, no concern there, he says. So, still, I mean, it, it, again, they're just they're, they're pushing it a little bit. Give guys legit opportunities. It's just one play, but for all we know, Dobbs didn't have his shoes tied or something. I don't know. Probably won't even bother putting that in the notes for one play, but still. Funny note that I, I think I'd mentioned at one point or another, but forgot. Sean Clifford's playing, uh, or excuse me, Rasheed Walker's playing left tackle. He was Sean Clifford's left tackle at Penn State. Um, as far as Jair Alexander, if you didn't know, I don't know if I mentioned it, but 
Um, the not practicing is due to some kind of a foot issue. It's not for certain if he's officially being held out because of his foot injury or if it's uh, just because they would have done this anyways. According to Ryan Wood, this is essentially what they did last week as well. Anyways, as uh, team gets started, Love rollout finds Watson on a crossing route. Uh, Jones run left, nice running lane. Taylor second running back with a good block at the second level. Jones run right, nice job by the linebackers to limit him once he got around the corner. And connects with Musgrave on an in-breaker. I think one of the other things that's helped me to realize what we talked about with running back is, is true is I've hardly ever kept any of the running back notes because they don't mean anything. Jones run left. Nice running lane. Am I, is that supposed to be a note for Aaron Jones that he had some good blocking? No. it's. I mean, I, I put it in there very sporadically. Once every four times, I'll decide to add it. But again, there's, there, there's so much more w- with running back and their success that has nothing to do with the running back. Patrick T- Taylor already with a few snaps as the second running back in 21 personnel, holding up well as the lead blocker. So rather than... Um, promoting Emmanuel Wilson they're promoting Patrick Taylor not officially but again today they're giving guys some opportunities Patrick Taylor's given the opportunity to run with the ones today just further cementing what it seems like it's been all along which is Patrick Taylor's going to be that running back three Love gets Jonathan Ford to jump off sides fires wide to Melton on a free play that's unfortunate pocket collapsing Love alters arm angle to find Dylan in the flat Play action, good protection by offensive line versus Van Ness and Inigbare. Love floats past to Musgrave over the middle and over the linebackers. Tell you what, if, if training camp and preseason is any indication of how the regular season is going to go, I wouldn't be surprised if Musgrave leads the team in receptions. It's pretty wild. Clifford to DeBose off a bootleg on the next play. Just nice to see DeBose out there, honestly. Clifford and Empey botch an exchange. Crazy how many times that's happened. Yash Nyman is running second team right tackle. Second offensive line goes Kadeem Telfort, Royce Newman, James Empey, Sean Ryan, and then Yash Nyman at right. I think all of that makes sense. I do have Kadeem Telfort as the next left tackle up after Caleb Jones, who's not practicing. Royce and Sean Ryan have kind of flipped spots. Although, actually, Jake Hansen, it's a little surprised that Empey's getting a spot over Jake Hansen, but I'm not going to do anything official there. Emmanuel Wilson is working with Clifford in the second unit. Really nice jump cut to find a running lane on a carry. So technically a promotion, but not really because he's just sort of the next man up. If you got the first three running with the ones, I mean, who else is going to run with the twos here? Then it says Jonathan Ford versus uh, the third offensive line blows up a run play in the backfield. Not a video period, so I couldn't film it, but cool to see Aaron Jones pull Emmanuel Wilson to the side and spend time going over some pass blocking nuances. Jair and Kenny Clark not doing this red zone period. Rookies Colby Wooden and Carrington Valentine with the ones instead. All of that makes sense. That's who I have next man up on in both spots. Love connects with Dobbs on a out route versus Valentine. Well-placed ball on the sideline. Good protection. Incomplete to Deguara in the end zone. Tipped by a defender. Love looks for Musgrave over the middle in the end zone. Pass breakup by Douglas. Pass was slightly behind. Sean Clifford hits Tucker Kraft in the t- uh, for a touchdown in the red zone. Clifford comes back to Kraft on the next play, but it's overthrown. Good coverage on the play. Magoo to DeBose for a touchdown. Nice start for DeBose today. Don't give up on DeBose just yet. He just got back to practice. He's already making uh, making some waves. Love to DeGuara. Darnell Savage with fantastic coverage and bats it away. Magoo throws a beautiful jump ball for Allen, who is six foot eight. Easily goes and gets it, but Allen couldn't survive the ground incomplete. Jaden Reed touchdown from Jordan Love. McCrary touchdown from Clifford with an air guitar from Clifford after. That is kind of his signature. Clifford and Love buy time on opposite ends of the field. Clifford hits Melton back of the end zone for a touchdown. Love hits Dylan front of the end zone for a touchdown. Magoo designed rollout throwing away. Love throws an absolute bullet to Dylan for a touchdown. Good red zone period for the offense. And now I guess uh, they're saying it is a groin injury for Jair. So I don't know if that's in addition to the foot injury or if people just don't know what they're talking about or what. But that is part of the reason he's out today. They said it's just precautionary, but still not fantastic. New period for the starting offense. Two-minute drill. Nyman now at right tackle. Myers still at center. Tom at left guard. No, there's no reason for that to make you panic. Brooks with the ones on defense. Hollins and Van Ness at edge. Owens and Savage at safety. And then we just fast forward to the end here. (laughs) Jordan Love and the Packers' first-team offense finish off the two-minute drill with a touchdown pass to Jaden Reed, Keyshawn Nixon in coverage. 
Aaron Negler says, phenomenal diving catch by Jaden Reed for a touchdown during two minutes. Paul Brettel has the full breakdown here. He says, uh, nice pass rush by Hollins versus Nyman. Quick pass to the flat for Jones. No gain. Love finds Turay on the right sideline. Turay finds space between the cornerback and safety over the top. Quick sideline pass to Jones. Finds Musgrave again on a crosser who got behind the linebackers. That seems to be their bread and butter lately. In fact, that's what they did with Christian Watson when they scored that touchdown against the Eagles. So I feel like that's just their favorite thing to do. Love and DeGuara not on the same page down the field. Overthrown. Free play. Love overthrows Watson on the sideline. Deep balls, man. Gotta figure it out. Incomplete to Dylan over the middle. Looked like Dylan might have sat down and Love thought he was going to continue the route. Quick slant to Reed. Moves the chains. Love buys times. Nowhere to go. Throws it away. Inigbare beats Walker. Love escapes up the middle. Finds Wicks for a catch. Little yards after the catch. Quick out to Watson on the sideline with 20 seconds left at the 15-yard line. Jones in the flat. He gets out of bounds for a few yards. 14 seconds left at the 13. Free play. Reed gets behind Nixon. Well-placed ball by Love. Touchdown. Going for two and a win. Incomplete to Dobbs in the corner. Sounds like there are a lot of free plays today, man. Jumpy defense and some good cadence. Then we got Sean Clifford into triple coverage for Tucker Kraft, who comes down with it, and a somersault for the score. That's pretty fantastic. And that just sounds like Sean Clifford. <laughs> got Brettel with the uh, full second team offense two-minute drill. Incomplete by Clifford over the middle, nearly picked. Not sure why it doesn't count, false start. But a beautiful pass to Kraft down the seam between three defenders. What a well-placed ball. Cox blows up the play in the backfield. And I guess that's it because that uh, throw into triple coverage was actually considered a sack. So that would be a three and out for second team. Just to further upset you, according to Ryan Wood, Brenton Cox Jr. sacked Sean Clifford on fourth down to end the backup two-minute drill. Cox beat Royce Newman off the ball. Clifford was not at all pleased. Slammed the football. Look back at the offensive line. Dude is fiery. Again, I just, I just you just you're getting the complete picture of what Sean Clifford is. I mean, he I don't think he realizes he's not the starting quarterback. He doesn't give a crap, man. <laughs> he's he's out there trying to win second string unpadded practice. He gets sacked, slams the ball and starts screaming at 6 foot 9 offensive lineman. That's crazy. And then uh practice ended at that. Wes Hodkowitz asked Malik Heath about the block. He says, they're looking for a goon, so I'm going to try to fill that role. I'm going to try to do anything I can to make this team, which is awesome. It's like the, the coaches are basically saying, we're looking for, I mean, goon is a pretty good word. Like, just, just, uh, I can't think of a better word for it. It's weird because I've never used the word goon, but it just makes so much sense in this context. Not a hit man. Like, it's not that serious, but like the guy that's going to show up and like shake you down for money. What do, what do you call that guy? I don't know. But it is cool that the guy's working so hard and he heard a little void, right? We're, we're looking for the next Alan Lazard, the guy that's going to go out there and be gritty and be nasty. And what does he do? He pushes a guy clean out of bounds and then pushes him for another 10 yards while he's out of bounds. Anyways, that was Sunday's practice. Why don't we go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take a look at Monday's padded practice. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. And again, please remember to check out grassfedcooperative.com. Use promo code PACKER10, capital P, PACKER10. You get 10% off your order. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. 
Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So it was raining, as expected, so practice was inside. Lafleur said Rashid Walker had been playing really, really well, and they rewarded him with first-team left tackle reps yesterday. Bakhtiari and Caleb Jones are both out, but Lafleur said they have been impressed with Walker. So, I mean, you can pretty well write that one in ink. I did already have him. I've, I've got 10 offensive linemen, him being one of them, um, officially making it. But I think, again, it was kind of 50-50 Caleb Jones, Rashid Walker at first. But I think at this point, it's pretty well established. Rashid is the dude. So, I mean, I feel relatively comfortable with the 10 that I have there. I know everybody wants Royce off the team. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, if, if they were to get rid of one of these guys, and if 10 was too many, it's between Jake Hansen and Royce Newman. Hansen... I, I don't know. It probably is going to end up being Hanson, but then, you know, that just puts you in a tough spot at center. But again, what have they been doing? They've had Runyon play center. They've had Tom play center. We know Elton can play center. Maybe that's because, like I've been saying, they're trying to figure out what happens if Josh Myers goes down because we don't really want Jake Hanson here anymore. Just saying. Uh, he's done a great job, said Lafleur about Anthony Johnson, as that you can see his speed and impact on special teams, which is a great compliment to say. Getting to the practice once again, no David Bakhtiari. When was the last time he did anything? Looks like like a week ago, on the 7th, I believe. So, anyways, looks like no Bakhtiari again today. Nyman back with the ones at left tackle. Walker just got some reps with the ones at right tackle and walkthroughs, though. So he is still in the conversation. Not practicing. So far, Stokes gains. Um, it's all last names. Quiz time. Caleb Jones. I keep going up with different names, like Belial Nichols. No, no, Lou Nichols. Bakhtiari, uh, Tariq Carpenter, Davis. Good Lord. Oh, uh, Tyler Davis and um, Tyler Goodson. All right. And Jair is practicing, although they said that yesterday and he ended up not. Stay tuned. It is actually really unfortunate for Ennis Gaines, though. I moved him as um, on the 53 as the, the backup to Keyshawn Nixon, but if he doesn't get back out there, especially with the performance Shamar Jean Charles had, on um in that preseason game i'm gonna have to give it right back to shamar do still have owen starting at safety once again so not even really playing with it at this point says then tom moved to left guard walker came in at right tackle so they're really trying to give walker a legit look and again really trying to uh mix some stuff up find zach tom's best spot and then if it isn't at right tackle do we have a guy that can take that spot i think if, if the answer is yash the answer is no I don't think he is a legitimate starting tackle. So they want to see, do we have one in Walker? My assumption would be absolutely not. But why not find out? And again, there's still the question of when guys get hurt, what do we do when running goes down? What do we do when Zach Tom goes down? What do we do when Josh Myers goes down? Or Elton Jenkins or David Bakhtiari? We need all the possible combinations we can get. Herman says, Kenny Clark on the exercise bike next to Caleb Jones and Bakhtiari. He's far away. So can't tell if he's in pads, but he's not stretching with the rest of the team. I'd assume he's out today. Was actually, there's a whole lot of stuff going on with um, Commissioner Roger Goodell, who was there for practice. They did a, um, I don't know, a big press conference about the NFL draft. So the commissioner was there. The governor of Wisconsin was there. I believe that's who that was. Mark Murphy, a bunch of other people. So not going to give a bunch of updates on that, but I thought it was pretty cool that they were there. I mean, it's just it's just a cool thing, you know, obviously with the Packers doing the draft in 2025. And then seeing Roger Goodell at our practice and everything. It, it's, it's, I think the crazy part about it is that Roger's left, and the assumption is now nobody's going to care about the Packers. And I kind of feel like the profile's gone up a little bit. Whether it just be based on curiosity of all the different young players, 
the constant questions about how good are they going to be? They're going to be good. They're going to be bad. I mean, people are talking about the Packers more now than I remember in the past. And we've had major um, news people out there. I don't remember that being a big thing. We've had multiple times. Uh, Peter King was out there. A bunch of other people have come out. Maybe this is just a newer thing that they're doing, but it just feels like there's more attention this year on the Packers than there has been in the past, contrary to popular belief that when Rodgers leaves, nobody's going to care. Now, if this team in, in five years is just a garbage football team, yeah, maybe. But um, that absolutely has not been the case so far. And with the draft coming in 2025, I don't think the spotlight is coming off of Wisconsin anytime in the near future. Kenny Clark, by the way, has a back injury. This is why he's not playing. All right, let's get into the one-on-ones. Here is from Mr. Paul Brettel. Valentine all over DeBose. Kraft with contested catch versus Owens. Thomas with a pass breakup on a slant to Melton. That would be Keandre Thomas. Clifford can't connect with DeGuara downfield, who had a step on Sap. There's a typo here, but somebody beat Shamar Jean Charles down the field. Dobbs with a double move versus uh, Rizul Douglas down the left sideline. Jaden Reed beats Savage. Watts with a step on Hooper down the right sideline. That's Deuce Watts and William Hooper. Some more one-on-ones from Mr. Brettel. Austin Allen drops a pass. More in coverage. Owens all over Pearson. Physical matchup between Wicks and T. Ford. We've got three Fords on the, on the team, I believe. So that would be uh, Tyrell Ford. Incomplete to Heath versus Shamar. Not on the same page with the quarterback. DeGuara beats Johnson, who was doing a lot of grabbing. Watson beats Nixon down the field. Then we've got Davis beats Owens, really physical player for that size. I don't know what that means because Tyler Davis is not, he's out for the year. But somebody beat Owens. Pass breakup for Valentine versus DeBose. Double move from Ture beats T. Ford. DeGuara beats Levitt on a slant. DeBose gets a step on Valentine downfield for a catch. In 11-on-11s, Van Ness and Wooden are both running with the ones. Again, that makes sense for uh, Wooden because it would be Slayton, Wyatt, and Wooden would be the next ones up with Kenny being down. So Van Ness is the one that I guess would be somewhat surprising in a good way. Ryan Wood says, Christian Watson beat Keyshawn Nixon on a pair on a pair of 1v1 reps, including a go ball from Jordan Love down the right seam. Man, it'd be great to be able to see one of those or have one of those co- counted in a stat sheet. <laughs> Watson speed blew past Nixon at the line. On their first rep, Watson sold a deep route and turned it into a stop, using his size to shield Nixon. He's just tough to cover. And, and that is a reality. That's what I was saying about guys like Tyreek Hill. You're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You give them cushion, they're going to eat underneath it. You press them, they're going to get over the top of you. And once they get shoulder to shoulder with you, you start huffing it as hard as you possibly can. They hit the brakes and you go flying past Top Gun style. Uh, Valentine is also with the ones, which makes sense because they're not putting Jair out there in teams. Herman says, Love fires high, uh, fires very high for Reed on the first play off of play action. Again, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to get annoyed by it, all right? I'm just going to get freaking annoyed by it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, that's his, he's so quirky, that's his little thing he does. Dude, bull crap, Start, stop starting like this. What is this? Every single practice, every single game, every single time we start like this. I mean, Jordan Love is in some ways similar to Anders Carlson, who everybody wants off the freaking team. Now he starts missing all over the field, but he figures it out after a while. Like, come on, dude. Fire's very high on the first play. Why are you doing that? I just, I just don't want to see it anymore. Well, after the first five plays, he'll figure it out. Like, come on, man. I mean, I'll take it. It's, it's better than, you know, football game's a long game. If the first series is going to suck and then you're going to figure it out, I mean, I guess we got a shot. But come on. Seriously. I'm just tired of it. And I don't want to hear the it's just training camp stuff. Yeah, so what? What does that have to do with you being able to throw a pass to an open receiver? Nothing. I didn't say it counted on our record for the regular season. That's not the case I made. And this isn't just one time. This is every single day. First pass just has to sail just to get it out of his system, I guess. Like, come on, dude. Not to mention the guy's been out there passing to people for the last half hour. And then we got Paul Brettel's interpretation of that play and his breakdown of 11-on-11s. Play action right, roll out left. Defense really bought the play action, but incomplete. Why was it incomplete? Because the ball sailed over the guy's head. I mean, I've never seen better play calling than what I've seen from Matt LaFleur over this training camp and this preseason. Like, it feels like guys are open on every single play. It's really remarkable. 
Matt LaFleur and the wide receiver tight ends running backs that we have are doing a fantastic job of creating a great environment. But freaking A, man. Anyways, Slayton beats Runyon into the backfield on a Dillon run. Kind of an interesting note. Smith beats Musgrave. Nice pickup by DeGuara to give Love time who finds Watson down the field. So I'm assuming that's Preston Smith beats the tight end who gets picked up by another tight end who then gives Jordan Love enough time to find Watson down the field. I actually saw this on uh, one of these videos breaking down Jordan Love's passes or whatever, and they talked about how the Packers are probably going to do that, or they, they at least did that on, I think, the play in which she passed to Jaden Reed in the preseason game. They, they had, you know, you got your tackle, and then I think they had two tight ends, and then they had the wide receiver or something to that effect, just kind of extending out the line to, to help to block on that side that he's going to be rolling out to. Jordan Love completed a deep fade on the left sideline to Romeo Dobbs against Razul Douglas, who turned back to the ref and was sure Dobbs didn't get both feet in bounds. Play happened right in front of me. Douglas had a point. Looked like Dobbs' right foot was out, but ruled a catch. Colby Wooden just exploded for a would-be sack on Clifford. Wow. Nice body control from Packers rookie Tucker Kraft in 1v1. Ran an out route against Jonathan Owens. Man, 1v1 was a while ago, Ryan. Pass was behind Kraft, but he spun in the air and caught it over Owens' athletic play for a big tight end. Then we got Carl Brooks with a run stop, followed by a far, false start on the offense. Another fumbled exchange. This is insane. Schneider and Magoo this time, averaging about one per practice. I, you talk about getting tired of something. I mean, it's just, it, it, there are certain things that are just be, getting beyond exhausting. The bad starts for Jordan Love, the, the, the botched snaps, the missed kicks. You know, it, it's like Rodgers and LaFleur and everybody would always talk about. Nothing wrong with making a mistake. Just don't do it twice. Well, we're on mistake number 75 here, in a row, nonstop. Grant DeBose contested catch, Thomas with tight coverage, and then Magoo with a designed quarterback run, not quite fair with the red jersey on, which I would agree with. Starting offense back on the field, Watson deep route, clear space for intermediate crosser for Dobbs, but Love overthrows him. Hollins blew up a run play in the backfield, and then Hollins beats Tom. Slayton gives Runyon a run, run stopped at the line of scrimmage. So Hollins and Slayton blew that up. Clifford in for a second time. Pocket collapsing. Pass through Wicks's hands on a crosser. Magoo at quarterback. Fumbled snap. Hanson at center. <laughs> Freaking. And then McCrary runs for a few yards. Well done. I don't mind if defense wins the day. There's been some good plays, especially up front against the run. But it sounds like for the most part against the pass, it's just we, we can't snap a football. People who have been doing this their entire life can't snap a football, and then guys can't catch and quarterbacks can't throw. So, great. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like this, it, it, it almost makes it more annoying that it's the simple stuff. Like, Jordan Love looks good, unless he's wide open, then he just misses him. The centers are doing a great job blocking. They just struggle with the part where they have to hand the ball to somebody. Just put it in their hands. The kicker was great in the preseason game, except for those extra points. He shanked the living crap out of him. <laughs> like, what are we doing? You know, I, I, again, I get it. You're a young team. You're going to make mistakes. But not this stuff. Not stuff you learned in peewee football. You're supposed to struggle with, like, the complicated route concepts. Daniel Carlson up to bat. No good from 33. Good from 43. Good from 44. Is that on brand or what? He missed the first one and the easiest one. <laughs> I mean, it's becoming so unbelievably predictable at this point. He missed the PAT and then hit the 43 and 44 yarder. Okay. Then we go back to team after the field goals. Runyon is back. He's fine. I don't know what happened. Wooden taking Kenny's place, which we knew a long time ago. Great read and throw from Dobbs, but Romeo dropped it. Clifford to DeBose short. Love screen to Dylan. Great hustle by Wyatt for the stop. Clifford to Wilson on the screen with more success against the twos. Jordan Love connects with Reed over the middle. Savage was close by. Musgrave on a shallow crosser. Lots of space afterward to run. Hard count gets a free play, but Shamar Jean Charles with a pass breakup down the field. Final play inside their own five-yard line. Walker blitzes. He and Brooks probably get a sack, but Love finds Dobbs on an out route. Then we got Carlson again. From 34, good. From 45, no good. From 47, crushed it. Five of six on the day now? That's not correct. He is four of six. All right, now they're putting themselves in some scenarios here. 12 seconds left, down three, ball on the opposing 42, no timeouts. 
Quick draw to Jones, picks up 8-ish. He kneels down to end the play early. They rush to the line of scrimmage, get the clock stopped on a spike with two seconds left. 51-yard field goal for the tie is good. Offense gets the tie. Then Clifford gets his opportunity. Quarterback draw by Clifford, but not enough time to get the spike. Clifford wisely recognizes it and runs the play instead of spiking it. Throws deep, but no chance. Defense bats it away. Defense wins. Now we got Clifford at quarterback. Ball thrown at the 40. Patrick Taylor runs for a few yards. Quick out to Grant DeBose. Nice cutback by Taylor. Finds a running lane. Brooks flies into the backfield again. Clifford gets rid of the ball quick to Heath on the sideline. Nice job by Dallin Levitt taking away initial read to a flat, but Clifford works his way back and finds DeBose over the middle. And there was a pair of three or four yard runs by Wilson. Nice pass rush rep by Cox. Beats Newman at right tackle. Clifford throws it away. And then Cox blows up another play, likely sack on Clifford, who rolls out and nearly was picked in the end zone. I'm going to have to go back and see if we've seen a positive note about Royce Newman in this entire training camp. Now we get the starting office, offense starting at their own 40-yard line. We got Walker at right tackle, Nyman at left tackle, Zach Tom at left guard. Nice play by Razul Douglas to fill the running lane as Dylan tries to bounce outside. Love finds Watson over the middle. Good protection, fits the pass between the defenders. Love finds Musgrave on a shallow crosser. Nice block by DeGuara versus Mosby. Jones gets around the outside. Second day in a row, Johnson with some snaps with the ones. This would be um, Anthony Johnson. Complete to read in the flat. Nixon right there. And then Valentine jumps around and ran by Dobbs on the sideline. Interception. Very, very strong camp for Valentine. Continues. This time ending practice with a pick six. My goodness. Players of the day for Andy Herman were DeBose, Watson, and Valentine. And of course, the question's already being asked. What is it going to take to get Valentine out there starting? And, and the answer is very obvious. Results in the slot. Unless Valentine can do it, that's the configuration. But I don't think that's going to happen. So anyways, that is two long training camps that we went through today. I think as far as adjustments, first of all, the um, the orange continues to grow on my sheet here of guys that are injured. In his gains, Tariq Carpenter, Kenny Clark, Luke Tenuta, Kayla Jones, Tyler Davis, Tyler Goodson, Lou Nichols. Eric Stokes is a different color because he's on PUP, but whatever. But as a result, I'm, I'm going to end up moving some people around, I think. Um, Emmanuel Wilson is officially going to be the number four running back on my uh, on my sheet here. And with that, I'm actually going to put Tyler Goodson below Lou Nichols. I know that seems a little crazy. I'm sure if they were both playing, Tyler Goodson would be ahead. But just in terms of who I think has the highest chances of making it, I, I just, I'm, I'm struggling with Tyler Goodson here. We'll see. I don't know. Um, obviously, Tucker Craft moves ahead of Tyler Davis. They haven't done anything official, so I haven't put him anywhere, but I'll make that change. Lucas Van Ness was getting a lot of reps with the ones, but I'm not going to put him ahead of Hollins. Hollins, partially because he was with Hollins and some of them, and also because I just don't believe that he is ahead of Hollins as far as the Packers are concerned. Uh, Brenton Cox continues to really shine from the preseason game through these last couple practices, but I can't move him up other than to just add another edge rusher, which would put me even further over the 53 allotment. Although, actually, I'm at 53 if you remove Stokes and Tyler Davis. Um, Tariq being injured, I mean, I'd drop him if there was really anywhere to go. I could put him below Jimmy Phillips, but that just seems mean, so I'll keep him where he is. But it's just, it's bad. I should probably just drop them both about three spots, just below themselves. Um, and then, I, I guess I'm going to have to put Shamar back in that spot. Maybe I'm overreacting, but again... He was fantastic in the preseason game. He was fantastic in practice today. And with Ennis Gaines being injured now, you know, it's, it's, you hate to be injured when you're in a tight 50-50 battle for a job. And then safety continues to be a complete mystery to me. Savage clearly is number one. Jonathan Owens seems to be number two, pretty well locked in. After that, I have Rudy Ford. It kind of feels like it might be Tervarius Moore. And then I wouldn't want to put Dallin Levitt ahead of Ford, aside from the fact that Dallin Levitt, to me, still is a lock for this team. And I, I, can't, I, I can't say Rudy Ford isn't. It seems like he would have to be. But then you hear Anthony Johnson is getting reps with the ones. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a crazy situation. I mean, edge and safety both is like, I, I have to put one more guy on there. I mean, I don't have to put Brenton Cox. I mean, it's good that he's had some good pass rush days. I guess it isn't required that we add a sixth edge rusher, but I don't know how I don't just add Anthony Johnson to this list. 
Maybe Tarverius Moore just doesn't make it. It's kind of similar to a Tyler Goodson situation. It's one or the other, not both, but I don't know. I don't really know. But um, just real quick running through how I have things as of right now. It's Jordan Love, Sean Clifford, Alex Magoo with Jordan and Sean both on the 53. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Patrick Taylor are my um, one, two, three. Then off the 53, Emmanuel Wilson is the number one guy, followed by an injured Lou Nichols, an injured Tyler Goodson, and then Nate McCrary. At fullback, I have Josiah DeGuara on the 53, and then off it is Henry Pearson. Wide receiver in order, Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Ture, Wicks, and Malik Heath. Then off the 53, I have Grant DeBose, which obviously is debatable, but being that he was drafted, he had a great day coming back. I'm just going to kind of throw him in there. We'll feel it out as we go. I feel vindicated with him getting as many opportunities and doing as good of a job as he did. After that, I have Bo Melton, then Cody Crest, Jadakiss Bonds, and Deuce Watts. At tight end, it's really just Musgrave and Kraft, with Tyler Davis still below them, but whatever. We'll move him when he gets officially designated something. Maybe he has been. I just haven't seen it. I don't know. Then off to 53 is Austin Allen and Andre Miller. Um, They may need to put somebody else on. And honestly, this may be the road for Henry Pearson. Again, it's kind of iffy with the designations between DeGuara and Pearson and the tight ends and whatnot. If if They could do Musgrave, Kraft, DeGuara, and then Pearson be the official fullback of the team. Or it could be DeGuara, Musgrave, Kraft, and somebody else. Whether that be Austin Allen or they go find somebody, I don't know. Um, if we call Josiah a tight end, the order would be Musgrave, then DeGuara, then Kraft. Starting offensive line, I still have from left to right, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom. Um, there's been a lot of shuffling, but I have Yash Nyman, again, sort of a swing tackle, but just to, to make it nice and neat, I have five other offensive linemen. From left to right, it's Yash Nyman, Sean Ryan, Jake Hansen, Royce Newman, and Rashid Walker. Um, I know a lot of people want Royce off. Maybe he gets dropped off and we just leave everybody else on there. I don't know. I don't really see... I see the frustration with Royce more than I see the Packers' willingness to move off of Royce. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing a 53 based on how annoyed or excited I am about players. I'm trying to predict where the Packers are at with stuff. And um, as far as anybody that you'd want to replace, you know, Caleb Jones is a popular option, but I haven't really seen a lot of it. Plus, he's been injured just a ton. He has not played a lot. He finally came back, and then he didn't practice again. Um, Luke Tenuta sounds like he's going to be out for a while. And I think he was a long shot to begin with. Otherwise, you got James Empey and Cole Schneider. They've been given a decent amount of chances, especially at center, uh, especially, especially James Empey at center. But um, yeah, I think if anybody, well, Caleb kind of makes the most sense, but we have a lot of tackles as it is. I kind of feel like if anybody were to just replace anybody, it would be something like Empey would replace Jake Hansen, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um at defensive end, again, I have defensive end and nose tackle separated just for the own, my own ease of use. Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Colby Wooden, then Carl Brooks, and then off of that would be Chris Slayton, Jason Lawan, and Antonio Moultrie. Lawan and Moultrie are completely interchangeable. It doesn't really matter. And then at nose tackle, it's just Slayton and Ford. I do have Ford on right now, but you could very easily just pull him off. I don't really know. I just... I just figure at every designated position you want some kind of a backup, and I don't really see anybody, aside from just completely changing Kenny Clark's role and making him more of a nose tackle than... um, Plus, I mean, Ford had a pretty good day in that preseason game, I thought. Had Edge, it's Rashawn Gary, then Preston, then Hollins, then Van Ness, then Kingsley and Igbari. I think that's pretty fluid, and honestly, I don't care, because to some degree, I like all of them. Hollins is the one that confuses me, but I mean, he had a good day. Packers love him, so I love him. So at any point, any of those five guys are out there, you feel at least some level of comfortability. Then you have off of it right now, Brenton Cox, then Aaron Mosby, then Keyshawn Banks, then Kenneth Odomegu. I do feel pretty confident in that ordering. Mosby and Banks could be somewhat interchangeable, but I do think Mosby's maybe slightly ahead. And I have Odomegu at the bottom because, I mean, let's be completely honest, the guy, he played his, he got the, the, the game ball because he played his first football game ever. He doesn't know anything yet. This is basically a glorified internship. It's a training program. I don't think he's actually really competing for anything right now. Uh, at linebacker, I have Campbell, then Quay, then McDuffie, then Wilson. McDuffie and Wilson are pretty interchangeable. Honestly, Campbell and Walker are too, to some degree, but I think I'm going to leave Campbell there. Then off of it, you have Tariq and Jimmy Phillips, and again, I don't think there's any chance for either of those two. Practice squad, maybe, not 53. Corner, Jair, Razul, 
And then I put Stokes, but he's obviously on the pup right now. Followed by Carrington Valentine, Corey Valentine, who I might, I have him on the 53. I think I had him on there, and I, I think I'm just going to take him off right now. Actually, if I take him off, I could put Brenton Cox on or Anthony Johnson. I might just put Anthony Johnson on because I just don't really see a need because those are just the boundary guys. We also have Keyshawn Nixon and Shamar Jean Charles. I feel like five corners is okay, especially with Stokes hopefully coming back at some point. I don't really have a reason to keep Ballantyne on here right now. I'm just going to pull him off and I'm going to put Anthony Johnson on and just have a billion safeties. I'll reassess sort of the numbers and what the Packers do at a later time, but that's what I'm going to do for now. So off of the 53 now would be Ballantyne, followed by Keandre Thomas, then Tyrell Ford, then William Hooper. The last two are pretty interchangeable. Slot, Keyshawn Nixon, number one. Then Shamar, again, I just made that change with Innes being injured and off the 53 right now. Safety, as I said, Savage, Owens, Ford, Moore, Levitt, and then Anthony Johnson is now officially, for the first time, I think, on my list on the 53. Benny Sapp would be the only safety not on it right now. And then special teams, it's Pat O'Donnell, Anders Carlson, Matt Orzich, which I haven't even really been following that in terms of the competition between him and Broughton Hatcher. Um, But Hatcher and Daniel Whelan would be off of it. So, again, with Eric Stokes and Tyler Davis not officially on the 53 because of injury, that would put me at 53. 91 total with Kenneth, who doesn't count. So there you go. Seems like we actually got some... uh, some room. Speaking of, according to Aaron Wilson, Packers worked out Adrian Ely, Zane Lewis, Trevor Reed, uh, Keteon Thompson, and BJ Wilson. Adrian Ely is a um, tackle. He was an undrafted free agent for the Baltimore Ravens in 2021. He was with uh, the LA Rams in 2022. Has not played any regular season snaps, but has done a little bit of work in the preseason. Zane Lewis, you'll be extremely happy to hear, is a safety. (laughs) Uh, 2020 undrafted free agent picked up by the Arizona Cardinals initially. Doesn't look like he's played a single snap even in the preseason, but um, yeah, that's all I know. Actually, I lied. I had to go back another year. 2021 looked like that's the only time he's done anything. He was in the preseason game. One preseason game back in 2021 had a 55 grade. So again, he got picked up in 2020, did nothing in 2020, although there was no preseason. So 2021, he plays in the first game, not the second, not the third. He's probably released, I guess. Nothing in 2022, and so we're going to work him out. I didn't, not saying he's on the team, I'm just saying they're going to let him come in and try out. Trevor Reed is another tackle, undrafted free agent in 2023. Philadelphia Eagles initially picked him up. He didn't make it long enough to even get to the preseason game, so that's kind of cool. That always gets you excited because it's untapped potential. You know, it's not like we've got five years of him trying out for teams and nobody wanting them. You know, I mean, granted, the Eagles must have hated him, but <laughs> other than that, he's six foot five, three eleven, out of uh, Louisville. So we'll see. Keteon Thompson is another one. He actually was an undrafted free agent picked up by the Detroit Lions. I'm gonna have to do some more digging because there's no position listed. But he's six foot five, two hundred and sixteen pounds. What are we talking about here? Is he a wide receiver? Yeah, wide receiver. Keteon Kalen Thompson is an American football wide receiver for the Orlando Guardians of the XFL. How about that? Gudekunz can't help himself with those six foot five, two hundred and sixteen pound wide receiver slash tight end types. And then BJ Wilson is, you guessed it, another tackle. Twenty twenty three undrafted free agent picked up and then released by the Carolina Panthers. He is six foot six, three hundred and thirty-seven pounds. So we'll see if anything comes of that. But anyways, I'm gonna leave her at that. I'm assuming there's no practice tomorrow because we have joint practices with New England on Wednesday and Thursday. So we'll try to squeeze a couple things in that one little day off. Hopefully, get some. Uh, I I have to start following some New England people just to make sure that we get the full 360 coverage of how those practices go. Then we get Friday off, and then Bing Bang Boom got another game against New England. Man, stuff really starts flying once you get in here, doesn't it? I love it. It's it, 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 I think it's just because the offseason is so long. Everything feels like it's going to be 500 years till the next thing. It's like when you're driving from Wisconsin to Florida, you know, and you finally hit that mile marker. Like, yeah, something happened. And then as soon as you turn, the GPS is like, stay on this for 468 more miles. Like, oh, you stupid. You couldn't let me be happy for a second. Just say, I don't know. All right. Just say, I'm not sure I'm calculating. Just celebrate it probably going to be like 40 feet and we're going to make a move like it's no big deal 
But no, you got to be in my face like, yeah, what are you happy about? 400 miles. And that's just until the next time I'm going to tell you you got another 148 miles to go. But then you get in. Now it's like we're in the city. Now we made it. We're in Orlando. It's like turn left, turn right, turn right. But there's your hotel. Bing, bang, boom, which I've said twice in the last 30 seconds. Just feeling it today. All right. It's how I'm feeling in my soul. Don't ever question me about things. So I'm going to go. Have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye.